You've made some adjustments. You've seen some improvement. But you also admit that you're not there yet. Each of us have many areas in our lives that could benefit from some further growth. In discipleship, you don't have to be there yet, but you should be getting there. It's time to go the second mile in admitting your needed development. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for another edition of the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus in Matthew 541, where he said, if someone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. So the idea of this podcast is real simple. Don't do just the bare minimum in following Jesus. See what you can do to truly follow him with everything that you've got, not doing just the bare minimum, but really doing what you would love to do for the sake of the glory of Christ. And so on this 37th episode, we're talking about admitting your needed development. So a few weeks ago on the podcast, we started talking through this process called distinctive discipleship. Uh, it's a model we're starting to use in our church, and I've been using with uh, some folks in my life, uh, whether it's at home or church or just friends, and really looking at someone and saying, how can we design a specific plan for Christian maturity? Not one that everyone needs necessarily, because we're all in different places. So that's why the discipleship plan is distinctive. Uh, it's dependent upon the person uh, that it's being discipled, but also the one who's doing the discipling. And so you would look at someone and say, what are the areas right now that we need to address? And yeah, we're going to, this is a lifelong pursuit of knowing Christ even more and a lifelong pursuit of growing in our discipleship. But there's got to be some things, some key areas that we look at next. And that's the plan. That's the goal. That's what we're trying to accomplish. And so through the distinctive discipleship model, uh, what we did uh, is to look at these six areas that Paul talks about uh, to the Colossian church. In Colossians 1, 27 through 29, he says that Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and we proclaim him, uh, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone complete in Christ. For this I toil, laboring with all the energy which mightily works within me. And so from those three verses, uh, I came up with these six categories of you could look at someone in their life and decide how they could actually, uh, we could help them walk with Jesus and grow in their own faith. So the first area is delight and making sure that your discipleship process is uh, based on an opportunity rather than an obligation. There has to be joy there, or eventually you're going to stall out in the other five areas. Second area, that warning everyone comes up on uh, in the area of disobedience where you look at what is the uh, most uh, dangerous, sinful leaning present in your life right now, and you start fighting and warring against that sin in your life. Third area is doctrine, as we are teaching everyone with all wisdom. So what is an area in your own uh, belief system that maybe you have not really developed yet? That There's an area where you haven't really thought through or worked through some of those hard issues, and so you just say, I'm going to tackle that. The fourth area about teaching uh, we present everyone mature in Christ is about development and looking at those areas that might have just sort of been an area of not necessarily sinning but slacking uh, that we want to address. Uh, then the last two are the area of discipline um, and dependence. The discipline is one, finding one spiritual discipline that you can work on right now to help you grow in Christ. There, I know there's a bunch of them out there, but what is that one specific one? And then the last area is dependence. What are you praying for? What are you asking God to mightily work in your life, around your life uh, to see happen? 
And so the process goes uh, this simple. Uh, you, can, you can spend the rest of your life doing it with someone, uh, but honestly, it should be able to fit. So simple, it should be able to fit on a note card where you look at those six categories and you say, what is your distinctive discipleship uh, plan uh, right now in those areas, those six key areas? You find something and you give yourself six to 12 months and you start working on it. And after that time, when you've made some progress, you might continue on in some of those areas or you might move on to something else because life is going to bring new challenges. And as you advance, there's going to be new things that you want to learn or do or find against whatever it is. And so in this um, um, episode, as we're looking at admitting your needed development, this is category four. This comes from that phrase in Colossians 1, 28, where he says that we want to present everyone mature or complete in Christ. See, first milers, if we think about the first mile versus second mile, first milers acknowledge the need for development. I mean, all of us here know, yeah, I know I need to develop in some areas and I wish I was a little bit more mature in this area. Uh, first milers acknowledge it, but second milers initiate the process for development. They're going to say, you know what? It's not enough just to know that I need development. I'm actually going to get to start working on it. And that's what I want us to do today in this episode is to start thinking, where do you need to be developed? All right, as we look at this about admitting your needed development, I want you to think through uh, this passage of scripture with me. There's a story maybe you've heard about uh, that related to a guy by the name of Moses. So Moses has just um, been used by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. They're going to the promised land. Along the way, they're wandering in the wilderness. Uh, but really, at this point, they really haven't been wandering for long where God is getting ready uh, to do some pretty unbelievable things as if parting the Red Sea and redemption from slavery wasn't enough. There's some even bigger stuff coming along uh, down the line. And, and what's happening at this point is that in Exodus chapter 18, uh, Moses' father-in-law, as a guy by the name of Jethro, uh, comes up uh, to him just to sort of hear what God has been doing. Moses explains, let me tell you what God's done. And uh, here's Jethro, who at this moment when he walked up wasn't a believer in the God of the Bible. He actually shows signs that he has now converted uh, to this faith. And he says, I know that the Lord, Yahweh, there's no other God like him. And he, and he presents offerings and sacrifices sacrifices before him and gives us the intention that he just had a salvation experience, really, uh, that he had put his faith in the God of the Bible. And so that's a wonderful thing. Well, the next thing, uh, he says, hey, I want to follow you to work tomorrow, Moses. My, my son-in-law, let me see what you do. And so he sits with Moses and watches what Moses does. And Moses basically sits in one chair when all the people of Israel come up to him with all their complaints. One after one, they just come up with their issues, and they're expecting Moses to fix it. And Jethro looks at him and says, son, this is going to wear you out. You can't do this. This isn't working. And I want to go, Jethro, you are a spiritual infant, buddy. You're, you're only like a day old in the faith. And so do you actually think that you're wiser than Moses? Well, in some ways, yes. Any kind of wisdom is as comes from God. All wisdom is God's wisdom. And so if Jethro sees something, and it really came down to an issue of delegation and organization and administration, he just looked at Moses and said, look, you've got a special set of skills and there's so many problems and so many issues, you've got to do this better so that if there's a major issue that it relates to the people as they relate to God, you need to address it. But if it's like squabbling between neighbors, like you're going to have to get somebody else to do that or else you're not going to be able to do the things that God has called you to do. And so what's crazy was, uh, here's this older, wiser man who comes up and knowing that he had learned, Jethro had learned a lot of wisdom through his life, he looked at this growing leader, his son-in-law Moses, and imparted some practical advice, 
so that Moses could do what he uh, did, but he could actually do it better now. And while the story is often, I mean, it's rightfully taught on the effectiveness of delegation, don't miss out on what happens after Exodus 18. In Exodus 19, Moses scaled Mount Sinai, and the Lord came down to meet with him there. Okay, And in Exodus 20, Moses gave the Ten Commandments that forever altered the trajectory of an international standard of morality. I mean, the Ten Commandments changed everything. So, so here's what I want you to really process. So Jethro teaches Moses to organize his life. He, he develops him in a certain business and organizational standpoint, administration standpoint. In Exodus 19, he encounters, Moses now encounters God where he is able, I mean, the lightning, the thunder, the, the smoke, the clouds, you, you name it, like comes down in Exodus 20. The Ten Commandments are handed over to Moses, which has literally changed the trajectory of all mankind since that point. And here's what I want you to think about. Could Moses have ever met with God if he was continuing to meet with upset travelers who were disputing with one another? Could would he have ever had the margin in his schedule if he was still listening to complaints about whose sheep belonged to which shepherd, if, if he was looking through um, who had done this and who had stolen whose manna, if he was dealing with those things, would he have ever made it up to Mount Sinai? Now, obviously, this is speculation and you don't know, but honestly, he didn't have the margin to do that because they were needing him for every single thing. And so Jethro's practical tip related to improving Moses' job Open the door to experience God's revelation. Moses met God on Sinai because Jethro equipped him to do so at Rephidim. That was the place where where Jethro came and saw what he did. So think about this. He experienced God on Sinai because his father-in-law equipped him to do so at Rephidim. And and so this issue of development, it's, it's more than just say, oh, is this the practical side or the leadership side or what is this? This is a spiritual issue because a lot of us right now in our life, the things that we're struggling with right now uh, in our life, it probably comes down to a lack of development. Maybe it's a lack of development of how to work in your marriage or to uh, parent your children or how to disciple someone else or how to lead in a certain way in your business or how to handle your finances or just overall just organization and planning of your life, that the stuff that really is keeping you up at night and giving you headaches throughout the day is probably because it's not that you're bad. You just have some bad practices. You've never really been developed in certain ways. And so the the concept, when you really start looking at this issue of development, is that you finish this sentence. This is what you've got to do in your life right now, okay? You would finish this up. I need development and learning how to and what is that next thing? What is the thing that's most critical for you right now? Like, what do you need to develop and learning how to do? Maybe right now you would say, okay, uh, there's there's a lot of things. I want to say, what's the most critical thing for you that you need to learn? Because it might be hindering other things. Maybe it's hindering your spiritual uh, life. Maybe it's uh, hindering your family relationships. Maybe it's it's dictating how you spend your finances. Like, you just need to take a step back and say, I've got to do something. There's the old leadership principle of sharpening the axe. That if you go to someone who's like a lumberjack and cutting down trees and the axe is dull, he can be swinging the axe all day long and barely get anything done. And he might say, I really need to sharpen the axe, but uh, it's going to take away time from cutting down trees. Well, in reality, if he would go and just stop and sharpen that axe for 15 to 30 minutes, guess what is going to happen? Every swing of the axe is going to be more effective because of the time that he invested in that development, in that sharpening, and now he's actually going to be able to cut down more trees, use less energy because he took a step back and he did what he needed to do by sharpening the axe. 
The same is true for your life right now. You are wearing yourself out in a lot of different areas, and maybe it's time for you to take a few hours, half a day, a day, a week, step back and go, I got to like just do uh, a really process my life where things are right now and say, where are the areas that I'm struggling, knowing that God has uniquely gifted me and, uh, and, and, and really intentionally placed me in certain areas where I have certain roles and abilities and opportunities, and am I using them to the most God-glorifying way? Um, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And so, for all of us, God has gifted us things for us to walk in good works. And if we're not what like Titus 2.14 would say, that we're not zealous for good works, we'll kind of just get lazy and we'll blame our underdeveloped self on something else, some other issue or some other person. The issue is right now, how could you finish this sentence? I need develop and learn development and learning how to. Maybe it's sharing your faith. Maybe you know that sharing your faith is important, but you've never been taught how to do it. Maybe that's what you need to work on. Maybe it's learning how to love your spouse. Maybe you're not having like a sin issue in your marriage, but you're just unsure what your spouse needs right now, and you need to do some training. You need to start really doing some investigating and working on in that area. Maybe you need development and learning how to discern your spiritual gifts and how to use them in the local church. Maybe you, you hear about this, but you go, I don't even know how I'm gifted or what I should do with it. Maybe right now your development needs to be in addressing your physical health. Now, this can turn sinful when it's something that either makes you so insecure that you are um, just really just hateful to your own self or you become so uh, your body becomes like an uh, idolatry temple where everything about your life is how fit you look. That's not it. But for all of us know this, we know that our bodies that are our temple of the Holy Spirit where God dwells within us and we want the physical ability to do as much spiritual good in our lives as possible. And if we're not sleeping right and eating right and, and doing the type of exercise that we need, Folks, sometimes our, our physical side are hindering our spiritual pursuits. And so maybe it's time for you to develop and say, okay, I'm going to address the physical issue, which I, I don't want to address, but I know that I need to. Maybe you need to address your finances. Maybe you know that uh, money is getting out of control, you're in debt, you're scared about things, and you've never really worked hard on putting together a budget and you don't know how. That's what you need to work on. Maybe you have an opportunity to teach a Bible study, but you have no clue how to do it. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to do time management. Maybe it's discipling your children or learning how to be a better church member, learning how to keep calm around your family, or just do your job better. That Maybe you've been given a job or promotion and you seem overwhelmed going, how can I do all this? Now's the time to truly think about it. Here's the thing. If first milers acknowledge the need for development, second milers are going to initiate the process for development. Right here, right now, what is the most critical area that you need to admit your needed development and start working on it? There is so much growth available for you if you just start getting to work. Don't get stuck where you are. Start pushing in this development. I hope to see you on the second mile.